Hi. Hello. 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 How you doing? Excellent. Welcome back to the Wine About Birth podcast. We are three birth professionals and best friends. And we're here to talk about what it's really like to live in the world of birth. It's not all glitter and rainbows. Or as we like to say, it's a lot more shit than giggles. I'm Kim Haynes, midwife at Linden Tree Midwifery. I'm Meredith Rao, also a midwife at Linden Tree Midwifery. And I'm Jess McKee, a doula for clients in and out of the hospital and also a birth assistant with you fine ladies at Linden Tree Midwifery. And we have a guest today. Would you like to introduce yourself, guest? Yes. Hi, everyone. My name is Ivana Lombardo, and I'm a hypnobirthing instructor and childbirth educator. I am doing a whole bunch of stuff for parents as well, postpartum, prenatally. Uh, I do fertility work as well, and I use hypnotherapy as my main work, my main focus. Yeah. We're so excited to have you here. I'm excited to hear all about that. Oh, yes. I feel like we've been talking about this episode like forever and ever and ever. I also am like embarrassed to say we recommend hypnobirthing all the time, but I actually don't feel like I know that much about it. So I'm really excited to learn a lot from you. (laughs) Yeah, I'm about to give you everything that you need to know and and let's get started. I'm excited. Is that a promise? You're going to tell us everything we need to know? Everything. Right after this episode, everybody's going to be ready to have babies. Do you know why? It feels like we've been talking about this forever because we planned this before we quit. Oh, yeah. And then I was like, I had to text her. I'm sorry. We're, I quit. <laughs> like we all quit. Feels like you're blaming me and I'm just going to like, no, I'm not blaming you. I'm just going to reflect that right back at you. <laughs> no, I'm not blaming you at all. It was a, it was a triple yeah. agreement yeah. to no, quit. I was just joking. I didn't feel blamed. Um, but before we dive into that, like a muff, <laughs> I, my mouth was full yeah. of water, not like muff. a muff. <laughs> <laughs> um, a little bit about what we've been doing. Um, me and Meredith had a birth while you were in Denver. It looked amazing. And I want to hear like a tiny little bit about Denver. I couldn't possibly fit that in to this moment. But I went to Denver with midwifery wisdom to teach again. And I was there. I was gone for eight days. It was so phenomenal. I'm telling if you are a birth worker or a like any sort of interested in birth, if you have a chance to go to one of these conferences, it's the midwifery wisdom experience is what we call it. It is it's so mind-blowing. It's like you you finally are connecting with hundreds of people that are really wanting to change the community of birth. Like we are really elevating the midwifery community and it's not just and when I say we I mean all of these people that are coming there's chiropractors there's there's doulas it's just phenomenal so I teach skills for three two and a half days this time and then we go and listen to all these different options for speakers it's amazing just the women I met this past week and just like last year like I made friends that I'll have forever I have a new best friend who will be I know I but she's behind you of course I She's not my I'm soulmate okay with that, <laughs> but listen, her name is Jack and we, we started uh, connecting online and then it it's was okay. Like, I have a new best friend too. I know, I know. she's turning purple right now. <laughs> she's literally purple. She's not my soulmate. Right. Okay. But she's, she is a new best friend. I have to add her. You're married is one of my best friends too, but I would name, like to acknowledge that I'm not taking this personally in any way, shape or form right now. So you are fine. Well, every time I'm Jess so says, excited for you to have, a when we friend. say we have new best friends, we panic, but <laughs> she's, she is funny as she is the, one of the funniest people I've met and she's going to come visit with her husband and we're going to go there. But her you name think is I'm Jack. I'm going to like her. Oh my God. Yes, of course you will. <laughs> right. 
Yeah. Well, you know what? I don't know. So unhealthy. I can't even. You. I'm really just. You joking. might dislike her. Like I dislike your I feel new like best I'm in the hot tub in, New- in Key West again right now, just watching this such unhealthy dynamics of this relationship. <laughs> anyway, I'm gonna post some things about Jack. She's funny as shit. And um, so anyway, we spent the whole week doing everything together and we became the annoyance of midwifery wisdom because there were the I same doubt that. so we just kept like fucking off and it was so much fun but we had so much fun and it was exhausting and i don't think people under like they don't understand maybe they're like why are you so tired and it's like we literally worked for 15 hours a day and it was amazing because i'm so passionate about it but I gave, I didn't want to talk this year. I talk, I gave my talk last year. And so I was like, I feel like I've done it already and I don't want to talk again, but um, I was voted to talk. So I did. And it was so cool because I taught, I taught on um, sustainable midwifery, like boundaries and just all the, what we need to be sustained and healthy and happy and whatever. But three of the students that I've had were in the class. So I felt very much like, I hope I'm walking my walk because these bitches are going to call me out because they're listening to me teach all this stuff and, and I'm looking at them and I'm like, this is so awkward, right? Just don't invite them to come see you in real life <laughs> where they just like drinking their mimosas, making a really intense eye contact yes. with you the whole time. Yes, they were. So just it was judging you with their eyes. Yes. So it was Nikki and Sharon and Katie and they were all students with me at different times of my life. Oh, you're talking about them. They know yes. you in real life. Yeah. <laughs> Nikki sure as shit does. So, and so does Katie. So I finished my 90 minute talk and each one of them, like Katie was just like there, she was there last year and we were, you know, high fiving or whatever, but Sharon came up and she, and it was so, she was like, it was so awesome to watch you stand up there and talk your talk because you walk the walk, like everything that you've said, you taught me while I was a student and I implemented like, she was just like, it was so lovely to see you up there to show other people that it really is possible and like make sure they know that we're here. Like we are proof that it can be done. And so Nikki said it was because of you that I, I she charges more than we do because I taught her what she was worth. So it's like it was awesome and fun for me to give my talk. And I was super chill this time because I'd already done it. And I added a bunch of things. But to have students that worked under me say you are not full of shit. Like everything that you have said today, you have shown us in the past and we are feeling very lucky to be here. And it just made me very like, thank you. Because you know, I'm like, I'm up here teaching all this shit. And am I really living this way? And and you guys are like, no, but <laughs> no, I was actually thinking, I was actually thinking we better watch out. Your head's going to get big and your eyes might actually pop out of your head. <laughs> I know it's, it's possible. <laughs> But it was just awesome. And so I I guess I'll keep talking because several people came up and they were like, you really impacted the way that I, like I heard you talk last year and I implemented these things and you made a huge, a huge impact on my life. And so thank you for that. And I was like, yes, yeah. even if that only happens once a year, I feel like what I'm doing is worth it. Yay. Um, and well, I also met some amazing Puerto Rican midwives and... I have a whole story about that that I'm not going to share right now, but I get to go teach. In Maybe our next Rico. episode could be all about this conference. That's it. That's all I have but to share. I really one day want to actually go to one of these and I'm it's going to do it one day. Amazing. Anyway, Maybe let's, now that I don't have a job, <laughs> let's go to New Orleans. That sounds actually really fun. 
you and I would go to anything. We would bail so hard. I bailed like, and went to see oh, Chris. This is some beads and some boobs and some. <laughs> we don't need to talk to midwives. It's going to be amazing. Okay, let's start talking about Ivana. Okay. Enough about that. I could talk about that for eight straight days. Yeah. So Ivana, hi. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Not about your teaching yet, but just about yourself personally, like, and how you came to know about hypnobirthing. Yeah, so I guess my story started many, many moons ago when I was pregnant with my first one, um, which was a very easy pregnancy, very easy, everything about it was easy, great, I was feeling great, very healthy, and then um, I was just like any other mom, reading everything under the sun, and all of a sudden I would start focusing on those things that can go wrong as opposed to what can go right, and then I freaked myself out a few times there, so I stopped reading altogether because I wanted to continue feeling good and just very light and trust the process. And finally, when I went into labor, uh, my husband and I were just sitting at home and we were watching Everybody Loves Raymond, of all things. And this was like 18, almost 19 show. years ago. I love it's that not exactly show. the oxytocin yes. cake I would expect to put you in the labor, but hey, it's each their own. I don't know. I like shows like that. They give you little laughs. You can just kind of zone out. Yeah, for sure. Great. Yeah, and I was thinking, oh, I'm rocking it. Like, Contractions were coming nicely while in hypnobirthing, we called them surges. So they were coming in nicely and, you know, everything was going great and I was feeling great. And I was thinking, boy, is this easy. I don't know why people are making such a fuss about it. And then we is went. Is this foreshadowing? I feel uh, like this is foreshadowing yes, doom. Big, <laughs> big <laughs> one. zero centimeters dilated? And That's exactly what happened. I went to the hospital and they were like, oh, just go home. Go take, you know, go sleep. You are one centimeter dilated. And I was like, what? How it's close been were hours, you? 10 minutes from the hospital. But when I say I stopped reading, I stopped reading. I mean, I was so unprepared. But how close I, together were your surges, oh, contractions no at that point? I don't point. remember don't that. Know. Yeah. Um, I thought you were asking, but uh, how close I was to the, yeah. So I broke down. I started crying. I was like, what do you mean? I'm, it hasn't even started. Like, how, when is it going to start if it hasn't started? I mean, I'm already feeling it. Like, wh- what is going on? She's like, no, it hasn't even started. Go home, sleep. Oh, that's so demoralizing when oh, that happens. my goodness. And I freaked out. And I was thinking, where do I start, boy? I, I need to I need to know what what comes next. Where do I start? Do I read the books now? Do I what, <laughs> what do I do? Labor. Yeah. I need the Spark Notes version yes, of Iron Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it was like. So we went home and of course uh, I was not able to sleep. And the following day I was still going through those, you know, the motion essentially, and, and I went back to my mindset, oh, everything is gonna be fine, everything is gonna be fine. Fast forward 40 hours later. <laughs> Fun stuff. Yes. Uh, at some point, we went to the hospital again. You're that person. Yeah. You're that person. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, but it's so unfair because there's other people like that, and they just, like, literally show up, and their baby just falls out on the floor. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that was not me. But at some point, we went to the hospital, and I was like, we're going to the hospital. I'm not coming back home. I don't care. If I need to sit in front of that door, I will sit in front of that door till till the baby comes out. Because in your brain, you're like, if I go to the hospital, the baby will come out. Yeah, that and was you're it. you're right. Eventually, that yeah. will happen. That will happen. I have to say, we were in Reston Hospital, and I have to say, the nurse that was there with us the second time we went, and they admitted me because I was refusing to leave. I don't remember how many centimeters I was dilated. 
And I was like, I'm not going home. She was an absolute angel of a woman. She was like, I don't know. She was sent from God knows where to be with us. And I feel like for the rest of my life, I will talk about her. And I, I'm really, really bad with names. And I wish I'd remember her name because I would go and hug her and talk to her and just tell tell her thank you. I think the only reason why I didn't end up with a C-section is because of her. And she did everything. I mean, she put poured her heart and soul into being with me and my husband and supporting That's us. That's beautiful. Yeah. It's so nice to hear that instead of this nurse did this and now I'm going to remember this forever, like in a negative yeah. way. Yeah. No. I mean, I feel like though we really do talk up our nurses. Amazing. Like when we talk about transfer with our clients, because generally speaking, they are phenomenal. And so I think oh it's really goodness. important for people to hear stories like yours to reiterate that really your nurses can make or break your experience. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, she wasn't trained doula, but she was our doula. Um, and I didn't even know what doula was at the time. So she was like, I'm, I, I, I don't know anything. Like, I don't know how to describe the, the gratitude that I had to have her in our, to have had her at that moment. And then I didn't sleep and, and our doctor was slowly starting to throw in words like, well, let's go, get, let's get things moving. Nothing is happening. Let's get things moving. And of course, with every time, let let get things moving you just go drip down and and dip down in confidence and it was horrible and she mm-hmm. would always lift me up and she's like no you got this um it was really it was really phenomenal um so did you end up getting like a lot of intervention or like do you want to talk about that or i actually honestly don't remember other than i finally had an epidural and it was because the nurse was like listen you gotta rest this baby's not coming out you're too stressed you're too freaked out I don't remember if they gave me Pitocin I know up to that point I didn't have anything like no pain medication or anything of any kind so this was like 40 hours later right good lord yeah and um she's like you gotta rest because that's that's you you need to rest that's a full work week in one day yes it is but it's it's two days (laughs) it's awesome that you were able to like how quickly were you able to build that bond of trust with her if a doctor had just walked in and been like you need rest and epidural you would have been like no but because she took that time to gain your trust and help you and you were like okay yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, if this woman said, go climb the mountain right now, I would have climbed the mountain. That's how much I trusted her. As long as you're at the top, my friend. Yes. As long as you're at the top. <laughs> I wish we knew who this person was. I know. And I, went, like, I was even thinking, I don't know if hospitals keep records because I was going to go over there and be like, hey, I need somebody to, to give me that name because that woman was amazing. They can probably see who was doing the charting for your birth and figure it out. Oh my goodness! Oh, that would be amazing. Your, request your. Oh, they, they probably don't the, have it. They don't, probably don't put the nurses' names on there. But if you request it specifically, they might give you the info. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. I you can't know. give out. And I, I mean, it's been eighteen, but almost nineteen add, years. You, yeah, but they're still in Winchester. There are nurses that worked with my mom like twenty some years ago. So you might be able oh. to find someone. I'll bet you could hunt them down. So yeah. the baby eventually came out. Yeah, so I got my epidural, fell asleep a little bit, and three hours later, he was born. My son was born. He was rocking it. I mean, he was just great. Nothing happened to him. And that's why the nurse was like, oh, yeah, the baby's doing great. Like, yeah. this is a strong kid, healthy kid. Sometimes epidural and rest is like yeah. magic. Yeah. Amazing, yes. Yeah. Um, and then we went home. I had six full weeks of postpartum, and I was thinking the whole time, there's got to be a better way this is not how women give birth all over the world I mean it's 
in a small scale societies, they don't have six weeks to, to lay down. They have to go back to tend to other kids and to whatever chores. You know, here it just happened that my husband had at the time where there was no paternity leave. He had paternity leave and then they let him work from home. Um, and and it was good for us. We It was just totally different experience than for a lot of other parents. Um, and then fast forward a few years into the future four and a half years later, I was pregnant again with my second one. And I was like, this time I'm doing something else. And at that time, at least I knew what was going to happen, right? I had no idea the first time how long labor even lasts. Um, and then we... Yeah, but sometimes nature throws in a monkey wrench because then you're like, this is what labor is. And yeah. then second births, you're like, wait, actually it's different. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. That's true. That's fair. <laughs> But I was in, I was doing yoga classes. I was researching doulas because at that point I already learned about doulas and we hired one and it was, our doula was so funny. She came to our house for the first interview. She looked at me. She was like, yeah, you know what you're doing. I'm there to support your husband just in case he needs something. I'm literally going to be your waitress over there. You know, you, you got this. Fantastic. So, yeah. So that was, that was pretty cool of her. And, and it was, it was pretty good match too. Um, so we went, got pregnant again. Um, I was in yoga, uh, doing my yoga class, regular yoga class. And our instructor, yoga instructor said, oh, here's some options you guys have for birth. Because in my head, I'm like, okay, I'm going to the hospital again. And she showed us some uh, books about birthing and labor and natural ways. And um, she showed us this book called Hypnobirthing. And she said, like, maybe you want to try this because you can really relax. As long as you relax and you stay relaxed, you can just go and have birth. And it's all going to be much easier if it, for nothing else. Was it the Hypnobirthing Mongan method one? That's Was the it? one. Is the mangan. Mangan. Was yeah. it the one that has the disc in it with like the... Yes. Yeah. I listened to those during my second. Yes. Like 12 discs? Well... So many. The one in the um, that book, it's only like two different tracks. It's like a labor preparation and like a fear release or something. But I listened to them a lot when I was pregnant with Ren. Yeah. So at the time, they, were, they did come in with the CD attached. So I listened to the CD, read the book. Didn't know anybody who was teaching it at the time. This is now 14 years ago. Um, and I told my husband what I wanted. He had no idea what was going on. He didn't know about hypnobirthing. Um, and I was like, listen, I read the book. This is what I would like for you to do. And he's like, okay, got it. Tell me whatever you need. And um, that's exactly what happened. I mean, we went out the night before and I told him, oh, by the way, the baby's coming tomorrow. I know it. He's like, are you in labor? I'm like, nope, but I just have a feeling. So we went out. Oh, that's out. so cool. That's you knew awesome. in advance. Yeah. Oh. yeah. It was really, that's really awesome. interesting. So this time, did you choose the same providers? Did you go to the same place? Or did, did you have like... Oh, for yeah, I forgot for a second. <laughs> I was yeah. like, wait a second. Uh, no, I had a different provider and she was fantastic. She was very supportive. She was great. She was very loving. Um... And she was going to do everything. I was going to have a baby in Loudoun, Inova Loudoun. And um, they were a little bit more open to supporting more natural births. But then something happened with hospitals and she could only deliver in Reston Hospital. And I wanted to stay with, within that Loudoun circle. So literally a few days before my kid was born, she transferred me to the, the Loudoun midwives um, practice. And I didn't even get to have my first appointment with them because my kid was already 
here. Can you imagine how different your experience would have been if you hadn't done this for yourself? Because like yes. your whole plan changed last second. Yes. And so it would have just been such a spiral if you hadn't really trusted yourself in this journey more. Because you were like really all you had at the end, plus your doula and your support person. Yeah. And the the thing is, when I was in the hospital, I'm sorry, for my uh, one of the prenatal appointments, and the doctor told me, like, listen, I'm not going to be able to be in a loud and something happened. I can't remember. I really don't remember that part. So she said, I can only do uh, rest in hospital. And I know you wanted to really be in Loudon hospital. And I broke down again. I started crying. I was like, here we go again. And the doctor again, somehow, somehow my kids attract, my kids attract the most wonderful people. Um, so she was like, listen, take your time. Who do we need to call so you can feel supported now? So you can make the right decisions. Who do we need to, you know, do you need a hug? And she sat there with me while I was bawling my eyes out. And she was just hugging me. And I don't cry easily. But that was like, you know, towards the end of a pregnancy, everybody cries. You You see a bird fly by and it's like, oh, my God, it's so beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I told her, like, the baby's coming. I, I saw her, I think, like on Thursday, and and I told her the baby's coming next weekend. I don't know why I had this idea or or instinct or whatever. So she kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there is no chance. You're still very early on, you know. I was like, nah, the baby's coming, and of course the baby came then. Um, so she did transfer me to the midwives, and um, my husband didn't sleep a wink that night because he was just kind of watching over me. I slept the whole night. At ten <laughs> in the morning, we showed up at the birth center, um, and Loudon had a Loudon Hospital had a birth natural birth center then. So when did you go into labor? So you slept great that night, and at then labor point. just started in the yeah. morning. Well, at some point during the night, and I remember just breathing, just getting into that state, but I was asleep and breathing and... That's amazing. You were using hypnobirthing at that point yourself? Okay. Yeah. At some point, I started using hypnobirthing. So you didn't go through like the whole hypnobirthing class for this birth. So you were just, you read the book and you were using what you found from the book. Yeah, Yeah. it literally was one of those things. Oh, I read the book and I got it. You know, it was literally like that. And I listened to the audio and that was it. I did all the exercises that were in a book. And when I got to this, the birth center, uh, they told me, oh, you're four centimeters. Let's just walk around a little bit. Let's see what happens. And I was doing my hypnobirthing. 45 minutes later, they checked me again. I was already like eight centimeters or something. Oh, my gosh. The baby was born in 1255. Wow. I feel like I sneezed twice and he was there. <laughs> and after that, I remember just thinking, I need to use the bathroom. And they were like, well, let us bring another nurse because now you have to go to the bathroom with the nurse. I was like, I really don't want to, I don't need anybody, you know? She's like, you just gave birth. I was like, yeah, but I don't need anybody. So she's like, okay, that's fine. I'll walk to you, with you to the door and then you do your business. And I did and went back to bed and I was walking and it was like within a week, I was driving my car. No. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I know. Don't I mean, do <laughs> don't do that. Yeah. But Bad. within amazing. a week, I remember driving my car and because we had to go somewhere. It was a Thanksgiving week, I think already or close to that. I can't remember now. Um, Within a week, with the baby in a car, and you just fine. felt great. I felt fantastic. That's amazing. I felt fantastic, and I remember my parents stayed with us um, this time around. We were able to bring them back, um, and they stayed with us for four months actually. So that was great. Uh, my parents were staying with us, and my mom looked at me, and she she 
she kind of like did a glance. She's like, did you go to get coffee or did you just go to give birth? <laughs> it was less than 24 hours because at the time when my son was right. born, uh, there was a, um, another epidemic that we had or pandemic, whatever, of swine flu. So they pretty much oh, were like, that's right. Yeah. So at the center, they were like, oh, you know what? You're doing great. Your baby is peeing and pooping like he's a month old. Go home. We don't want to <laughs> expose you to anything here. I didn't really want to go home, but they kicked me out in a very friendly, loving way. <laughs> kind of like we <laughs> and do. Then, and then, yeah. so, are you glad that you left? Like, do you, like, were you glad to be home postpartum? Yeah, earlier? of course, of course. And then, I mean, the baby was sleeping, eating. He was chilled. He was such a happy guy. Everything was great. Yeah. So I was very happy. Very, so, very happy. So you had this amazing birth experience. Can I ask you a question about it? Yeah, of course you can. Can I stop you, leader? Oh, wise leader. <laughs> the leader so, of the path. <laughs> vroom, that's vroom. definitely you. Do, do you remember the part of like pushing and would, do you feel like you were so into your own like calmness that you don't really remember the details or do you just remember it being calm? Like, do you remember your feelings of the process of being in transition and pushing and do you remember that at all compared to the first experience? Yes. Um, I would say the biggest difference is that I don't remember what was going on around me. Okay. I do remember what was going within me. Okay. And those sensations. Because you're, when you're so relaxed, you're not like asleep or half asleep. You're very, very conscious of what's going on internally. And when you get to a certain point, you're kind of like, it almost becomes this interaction, beautiful interaction between you and the baby and like outside environment. And you're kind of like making this plan together. Oh, what do you need, kiddo? You know, do you need me to move? Do you need me to stand up? I didn't stand up. At some point I was just so relaxed. that I was like, I'm going to fall asleep. Yeah, <laughs> great. Lay down on the floor, you know. <laughs> Go um, oxytocin. Yes. Yes. It was that powerful. Yeah, that's so cool. That's and I do amazing. remember everything. I do have to say, I don't want to paint the picture. It was all roses and rainbows because I remember last 20 minutes. It was not that like I kind of snapped out of it. And then I was like, oh, my God, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> I all of a sudden, like everything hit me. And then the one of again, one of the nurses that was there, she was a trained doula. She brought me back. So within okay. five minutes, I went into this oh my God, what's going on to, oh, okay. I just have to go back to that breath. And, and, and that was like in transition time. That was as he was crowning pretty as much. As he was crowning. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So you had this like really beautiful transformative experience. Oh, yes. And so at what point did you then decide, okay, I want to take this experience and help other people have that experience five minutes after he was born <laughs> as soon as i got my thoughts like, back. everybody needs this <laughs> yes because i was like this is how it's supposed to be this is what i want to show to everybody it's like a religion isn't it yeah. you suddenly want to go door to door and share all this experience with everyone yes yeah no yes. comment <laughs> yes <laughs> so yeah. But you were then postpartum so yes. how long was it tell us about your journey to actually and we'll do that quickly because we can talk more about it mm -hmm. after the break. But how long after you actually gave birth did you actually start on that journey to do the steps you needed to do to start helping other people? Many years after. I thought you were going to say 10 minutes. 10 <laughs> minutes. Yeah, I got up. No, unfortunately not. I um, decided with my husband, of course, for me to just 
be home with the kids. And at that time, that's all I could focus on, uh, just staying home with the kids. Um, I ended up going back to school, finishing my college degree. I got a degree in psychology and, and specialized in developmental psychology. And after that, I went for my uh, hypnobirthing training, or I'm sorry, hypnotherapy training. And then throughout that world, I, was, I always wanted to go back to that more hypnobirthing. And that's exactly how I ended up there. So yeah. how many years now have you been um, teaching hypnobirthing? So specifically, like with the classes, I think three years um, intensive teaching. Mm-hmm. I mean, I teach between the hospitals, the virtual in a hospital and in-person in a hospital, my classes, and sometimes even one-on-one, I teach at least three to five times per week. Oh, classes. wow. Yeah. So okay. I've had many, many, many parents go through these That's classes. Amazing. Do you find I that there's it. certain areas that are more popular that it's more popular with um like of the country or do or just like the style of human that's learning from you i don't know that i can answer that it comes in waves like i remember like birth yeah (laughs) yeah it really does that's true that makes sense too because they need you yeah (laughs) yeah um i i really don't think i can answer that because um yeah, I can't even answer. Do do we have more in person or virtual interest or anything? It just really depends. Depends on what's going on, and I blame it on barometric pressure or you know whatever. Anything. Yeah, <laughs> anything. Whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, it is actually time for us to go to break. So when we come back, let's um just dive into actually talking about your hypnobirthing classes and. And all, all that jazz. Things. She's going to teach us everything about it. She I'm so excited. Oh, yes. I mean, I'm so excited. Couldn't be more excited than I am right now. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> all right, let's get a break. Cue the music. Oh, yeah. So, the sponsor oh, yeah. for today's podcast is us. We've been using the same Patreon ad for a really long time, so we figured we might as well make a new for one. Years. Is that a shout out? I for know, to for all of our patrons. <laughs> That we kn- we love and know we're so grateful to have you as patrons of our podcast. Thank we you. don't deserve you. Even Thank you for letting us fail you for four really years. We've really been failing. But now we're going to get back on track. There's three levels that you can join up if you would like to support our podcast. And once again, for this, all of our no patrons. No matter what our output is, though, I do think we'll do better this time. And for all of our patrons, we still Meh. have... We love you and appreciate you. So Thanks much. For all Words you can even describe. Thank you for your patience. We're desperately in love with you. And all we yes. have to say is cheers. cheers. You're not giving up on us. Welcome back from that delightful break. Such a long, delightful break. Aw. Did you have something to say, Eliza? Uh-huh. <laughs> She's like, uh-huh. Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. My mom. My mom stopped by during the break, and she brought us mugs. That was so sweet. A thank you gift for us having the center, and she's so cute. Yeah, but she brought us mugs, and like mine said, hey, girl. Meredith said, laugh. And what did yours say? Uh, my happy place. And Kim goes, is it really? We're sitting in is the first it though? <laughs> Is it my happy place? And I was like, I'm so glad that these aren't live, laugh, love ma- mugs. And then we'd have to pretend that we liked them. <laughs> well, I think if we kept them separate enough. I like my laugh one. But it, I like that they're mixed up also with other things besides live and love. <laughs> all right. I want to learn all about hypnobirthing. Yes. So 
you dive in. Where do you want to start when it comes to hypnobirthing? Like, I know I want to. I know where I want to start. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna hijack Sounds good. it. Yes, I like <laughs> just that. Just kidding. <laughs> what do you love the most about hypnobirthing and teaching it? And then we'll trail off from there. Oh, I love that question. Can I say everything and just kind of yes. just be one of those people? But yeah, I really do love everything about yeah, it. Yeah, but we um, got 30 more minutes to cover. So you're going to have to be a little more detailed. All right. That. So let me get more specific. <laughs> I love the empowerment that people have because I never, ever, ever want to have anybody go through their uh, labor and birthing experience like me the first time around where I was so clueless. So being empowered to me, that's the that's the main thing, meaning at least make your decisions, Be know what's going on, know that you're in control, know that you can do the best you can with whatever is happening in a moment. Uh, you're going to make your decisions best for your family. Um, and no matter what, I mean, you can work with your team, you can, whether it's a hospital birth, whether it's a home birth, whether it's a birth center, um, you will work and make those decisions um, the best as, you can, as best as you can. And um, that's, that's the first thing empowering parents and then also just to give them confidence to trust their bodies i mean that trust is so important i mean once when you have that knowledge intellectual knowledge and then you go inwards and you learn the techniques and you're relaxed about it and you know what to do then you have confidence to really just turn the birthing over and be like okay tell me what to do body tell me what to do baby let's see let's see what we can where how far we can go i like that you put it that way because recently someone challenged the word empowering they said i don't like it when birth workers say that they're empowering people because it suggests that you that they didn't have power to begin with but my argument is that we're not giving them that power we're, you're just showing them where it lies oh absolutely. do you know what i mean oh, you see their power and you're just pointing it out to them and then they're pulling on their own power that has been there so you know they have it so i i don't i don't like the idea that people think you're you are giving them power but you point out the right way. You're seeing their own power and helping yeah. them pull from that. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, if we're going to be so technical as well, pretty much you can just read a book, Google it. You're going to get everything. So it's not about that. It's not about knowledge. It's not about me giving them or anybody right, giving right. them anything. It all boils down to trust your body. Nature is going to take its course. You're going to have this baby no matter what, you know. Um, so, yeah, in a sense, we're not doing anything to them. They're doing everything themselves. But they right. need that connection and that trust in themselves, which I think we just help them. We, you know, let's say with hypnobirthing, um, we help them connect with that trust or where yeah. is it where do I look for it how do I look for it right. you know if I tell them go ahead and breathe I mean I didn't empower them to breathe they know how to breathe but it's if you give them an explanation like okay well this is why you want to breathe maybe and this is why you want to clear your mind and don't let the hamster wheel kick in till perhaps later after you had your baby um, or stay calm and this is how I mean we just give them tools pretty yeah. much and I think sometimes for some people because you can just say to somebody, breathe. Yeah. And it's like, that's something you do every day. Right. But if you say to them, when you breathe in this way, or slowly like this, or if you hold your hand like this, or you, it has this response in your body, which releases this hormone, which helps you do this, yes. it makes them see that our bodies are so much more connected than just breathing in and out. Yes. And I just think too, like women in general sometimes need permission 
Do you know what I mean? To Absolutely. pull their power out because women are typically ca- taught to be more submissive and to be quiet. Not always, but a lot of times in a lot of cultures, we are not allowed to be powerful like we want to make other people appear more powerful so to give them permission to pull from their power that they have is huge right yeah i mean women are really good in supporting one another when they want to and then they forget to support themselves and trust themselves and give them the same courtesy in a sense so if i can help them get to the point where they are They can just, again, it all comes back to that trust your body, trust your baby. Um, Of course, there are medical interventions. And of course, you're going to talk to your team then and care team, you know. But if you come from place of trust, then you can also extend that trust outside of yourself. Um, And then that experience is completely different than if you just sit there and things are just being done and and you don't have much of a, I'm not going to say say, but you don't have that much of a trust that, that you know what you're doing. Yeah, because that way you feel more passive instead Mm -hmm, of, like, mm -hmm. you're the one giving birth. Yeah. yeah. And I imagine you, like, because we often do, too, where you've worked with families with trauma who have maybe had birth experiences that don't go the way they expect them to go, and so that trust is broken. Like, how do you, when so much of, like, what hypnobirthing teaches is trusting in the process and in the body, like, how do you encourage women to trust when maybe they've had experiences in the past that broke that trust? So I I do want to point out that a majority of my parents are first time parents and that's very awesome because they don't then we kind of start from a clean slate. Um, I do have parents that have had kids before and they want to do it differently, kind of like my experience as well. Um, once when we start to approach it from the place of what's what a normal natural process looks like and what they can do about it, something clicks. So with hypnobirthing in particular, there is no therapy there. So if they've experienced trauma, they maybe have to talk to somebody about it and they have to work through through those uh, feelings and, and thoughts. But with hypnobirthing, what it does give them is then an understanding. It can be different. So it can be, you know, women are absolutely capable of having two thoughts at the same time, you know, and uh, they can also multitask um, in terms of, well, maybe I put this trauma if I can you know if it's not too powerful maybe put it to the side and then just focus on what I can do at this moment in particular with this particular sensation as I'm in labor and yes things do come up I want to point that out too when you're in labor but with the tools with the skills with the maybe perhaps we can we can minimize some of those responses so prenatally because I've worked with several different hypnobirth instructors and I know that every instructor is a little bit different Mm -hmm. um so during the pregnancy do you actually do like um hypnotherapy as in like putting people through like fear releases or into the meditative state um or do you in your class more focus on like just talking about the natural process and instilling I want to know a little bit about your methods so the way so you mentioned two different things like doing hypnotherapy I do hypnotherapy outside of hypnobirthing uh within the hypnobirthing there is a curriculum there is a basic curriculum structure of the classes and it's trademarked and it's a property of hypnobirthing uh, international institute and um, we go through whatever is in there. And then part of that, and usually I do it in class four, we do something called fear release, which is a guided meditation. And uh, we do a lot of things 
there that we can release fears. Uh, but it's a guided meditation. So, so that's that's pretty much as much as as much of that as we do. Everything else is just conditioning body to stay calm, to stay uh, peaceful, to be go inwards, to to create those endorphins. How how do we create those endorphins? And we spend a lot of time on that. Let's get you relaxed. Let's create those endorphins. A high concentration of them so the stress hormones don't kick in to to in a very very high concentration they don't take over the body and we don't go into that fight or flight response so i hope that clarifies it a little bit oh yeah definitely Mm -hmm. um so and i think there's a lot of misunderstanding from people out there about what hypnobirthing is Mm -hmm. because i think a lot of people do think in order to do it you have to go all into that point where it's like you say a code word and you go into a hypnotic trance and you are not aware of what's going on around you. Um, And I have known people that do hypnobirthing to that extent, Mm -hmm. but I've also known a lot of people who are kind of like you who read the Mongan Method book and know about breathing their baby down and they use just those little bits of tools that they have. Um, What do you have to say about all that, like your experience towards that or what most of your clients end up doing because I know there's a really wide range of how people use hypno babies. Yeah. So maybe you can talk about how you do it. Yeah. So, so the way I approach it, I mean, there is the, as I mentioned, there is a structure to the program. I love to focus on the prenatal period and the prenatal bonding labor, birth, and postnatal, because I believe that's just all continuation because it's one thing to prepare somebody for those 12 hours, 20 hours, whatever hours, and then we're done, right? But I do believe that the bond that is created with the baby prior to that is extremely important. And by the way, all this comes from prenatal and perinatal psychology, health research, and, you know, it's not just my belief, it's documented, it's researched. And then we continue with that, okay, well, we're going to continue with then um, postpartum support as well. So what that looks like is the first class is, um, and I have my spiral book here um, as well. The first class is all about introduction to hypnobirthing, what it is. Um, it really is more of the whole person approach or whole family approach. So you go into it emotionally, you go physically, um, you understand what hypnobirthing is and what it's not. So this whole myth of what is hypnosis, this is something magical, um, altered state, no, it's not. I mean, we do that every day without even calling it hypnosis. You know, every time you're watching a movie and you go into that zone where it's like you're focused on a movie and you start feeling what people are feeling, those actors are feeling, that's a state of hypnosis. Or that highway hypnosis when you're driving and all of a sudden, you know, you find yourself in front of your house and you're like, how did I get here, right? That's hypnosis. And we have two uh, most hypnotizable states. One is as we're waking up and one is as we're falling asleep. So... Um, those are the two most hypnotizable states. So all of us already do hypnosis daily without knowing it. Um, so then once when they understand, oh, this is a natural occurrence, then we don't have to worry it's about not voodoo. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. You're already doing it, you know. And if that word hypnosis offends them or kind of rubs them the wrong way, call it whatever you want to call it. Call it meditation. Call it a relaxation. Call it a, you know, it does. it's not about semantics. It's about just focus well, your attention to. 
positive. I feel like we see so many people who have never even heard of hypnobabies or have never yeah. practiced hypnobabies. It's basically like the state a lot of our moms slip into where they're not, we call it like labor brain. Yeah, the labor Where you're zone. not really aware yeah. of, you're just so internal yeah. and you're working with your body and your baby. Yeah, so when you're in that state of focused concentration and you go inwards you forget what's outside of you or it kind of falls to the background but if you need to come out of it somebody taps you in the shoulder and you're like hey you're needed to make a decision you can easily come out of it and then you can go back into it it does require some practice that's why we have five classes as opposed to five minute conversation um, and it does require home like a homework daily practice as well but it's it can be that easy and not everybody's going to have the same results because everybody is different um but yeah there is a range of where you can feel very comfortable and this is making me think about what you said about your births about how Mm -hmm. like you had moments of panic Mm -hmm. because there are some people who will think back to their births and how they were panicking and they'll be like, Oh, that's a load of bullshit. I could have never done that. I felt like I was dying. Mm -hmm. Blah, blah, blah. And for people who do have no birthing, I feel like it's not that they don't get those moments of panic. Mm -hmm. It's that this gives them the tools to be like, okay, you're panicking. Let's do this. Or like you had that great nurse who helped take you from that moment of panic and remind you so that your body could go back into the state of feeling safe. Yeah. Um, And so, or even like acknowledging that like those thoughts are going to come up, but learning how to like let them go. I feel like it's like giving you the grace to recognize that you're human. That's going to happen. But you, that doesn't mean you're getting off track. That's just like a normal, natural process of the whole thing. Yeah. So it really is about conditioning your mind and the body to work together with the baby. And then you with your mind or with your body can then evoke internal feelings, states, it is conditioning. Mm-hmm. And, and like you said, mm-hmm. and I, I say this a lot talking to clients as well, that every thought that you have releases a hormone. And yes. so if you are releasing, if you are having panicky thoughts, you're releasing adrenaline. Yeah. And if you then retrain yourself to bring that to a place of safety or have your support system know how to be like oh if I'm panicking how can I bring myself back to a place of safety so you're releasing oxytocin and you're releasing endorphins that are going to help you feel better um it's like a physical response and and reaction to thoughts yeah so there's a there we go over like the basic they're called in hypnobirthing they're called laws of the mind it's just the way the mind operates right um that every thought is going to create some kind of emotion in the body because it's a chemical reaction um it's going to create some kind of physiological response because the body's that's how the body processes that's how it brings it to our attention what we feel and think and then we're going to behave accordingly and then with my parents I like to guide them through several experiences so they connect with us so that all clicks and comes together so we do something like lemon experience which is usually every time you think about uh, hypnosis it is like oh bite into lemon and see what happens you know or we create different physiological responses in a body um so, so they, once when you, it's one thing to hear about it and it's another one to experience it. So I like to bring that experiential component into the mix so that they connect and then clicks for them. So then later down, and this is all in the first class, by the way. So then when we go into second class and third and fourth, and especially fourth and fifth, all of it makes sense. It's not a new concept because they've already 
learned and experienced what we were talking about. So I do bring that experiential component and we do do a few things that we can just practice. Mm-hmm. I feel like with our clients, one of the struggles that we have is I feel like in our, we live in a culture of like quick fixes, right? right so right. like a lot of our clients will ask about hypnobirthing, but they ask about it really late in their pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And so we, I like try to bring it up earlier if they seem like they're interested in it. But I wanted to ask you like the five week period for your class. Is it shown that like that's the amount of time of practice that's really like beneficial and optimal for like getting into the habits? Or do you have like a recommendation for like when people should get into hypnobirthing to have the time to practice to make it really useful so I've worked with parents as early as there were 14 weeks and as late as 37 weeks and then we would just meet twice a week Um, and everybody is different usually I would say 24 to 32 weeks that's ideal so that, that would be like the ideal because you have those five weeks and then you have time to practice afterwards. And then, of course, life happens. So maybe people skip a few days or something happens and then you can go back into it easily. So I would say if, you, if we're looking for that ideal window, 20, 22, maybe 24 weeks to 32 weeks, that's like ideal because it gives them enough time then to go from one class to the next, to the next, to the next and, and really play around with the concepts. Yeah. I think there's also like a common misunderstanding that like I don't know if it's people like looking from the outside in um, that if you do hypnobirthing that you're not you're not going to experience any pain you're not going to experience discomfort like you're just gonna I always talk about how people watch YouTube videos on the internet where they show the very end of a very easy birth where the baby just gently comes Mm -hmm. out of the water and you never hear any of the noises or there's like violins playing and people are like if they don't get that birth, then hypnobirthing didn't work. Um, and so I like to talk about how it helps people who don't have the rainbows yes. and butterfly birth that it's going to be a useful tool, even if the shit hits the fan and you get every intervention known to man because you need it. Yeah. I always talk about the spectrum of experiences and we do talk about like preparing for natural birth, but people do end up with all sorts of interventions. Um, and they also end up with very exactly what you said, like the baby's slide very gently out and everybody's welcoming the baby and everybody's having these positive thoughts. So it really is a spectrum and anything in between those two, that's also hypnobirthing. And the difference that, uh, what I've seen when people are really prepared they can easily navigate waters and it can easily switch and be still in control of their experience. So for example, I had one mom who had a, a you know, fairly easy pregnancy towards the end, uh, developed that high blood pressure, the preeclampsia. And then she had to be induced. She was induced. The body wasn't ready. So they had to repeat the induction. Um, then they had to do the balloon dilator. Then they had to do another thing and another, and it was like over and over like induction. Oh, I'm sorry. Intervention after intervention, after, after intervention and then she when we talked she's like and then 50 hours into it i finally decided to get epidural to she me she made it 50 hours yeah oh. so so to me she's like i was just breathing and i was staying calm so to me that's where power of being centered and focused and breathing and guiding being like navigating the process in such easy matter well, fairly easy matter when things are going crazy. Um, and then she got her epidural. She had to. Ha- she ended up with a C-section. 
she was like yes my hypnobirthing was not what we saw in um in the videos because we do show videos of hypnobirthing um it was filled with interventions but that was the most empowered i've ever felt that is a different yeah that's amazing yeah and then can you imagine having that kind of experience and then you do end up with the baby for the rest of your life you have to take care of the baby and coming from that empowered experience Mm Taking care of your baby, that's a completely different experience than being heartbroken and yes. sad and miserable mm-hmm. and maybe even going into that depressed state and maybe even, you know, going into that, oh, I've failed already as a mother, which you have many opportunities daily to. Every second. <laughs> yes, every second, multiple times, right? So oh. it's not necessarily what happens in your birth, yes. it's how you react to it and it's like... You can Absolutely. even take that outside of birth because Absolutely, bad 100%. things can happen to people all the time. And there's some people that bad things happen to them and they immediately go into full out panic mode and just like freak out. And they're going to experience that bad thing that happens a lot more negatively than someone who's like, all right, what can I do to stay calm through this and figure it out and whatever. So you can take these tools anywhere you go well um, we know that trauma um you know ptsd or any any amount of trauma isn't the isn't the event that occurs it's the emotion that comes from the event yeah which is why everyone deals with them differently we all have different emotional responses so this actually leads into um you were saying we were talking earlier and you were talking about how it does help going into the postpartum so i would love for you to talk more about how teaching the hypnobirthing during pregnancy and birth will help them in the postpartum as well. Yeah, so if they practice and they put time into into practicing, they can continue with everything that we already talked about hypnobirthing because it's so easy to get lost in that postpartum period. This is what I found, what I hear from other parents. Um, often, not always, but often I hear that they have calmer babies babies there as my friend who's a chiropractor and my very very good friend um says the babies are squishy and she's like babies are supposed to be squishy soft just they just mold to you right Relax. you don't have this yeah uh you don't have this like tight wound like crying hysterically crying like cloud babies with colleagues that's not to say that people don't have that maybe you know <laughs> i don't want to paint the picture of right, a right, realistic right, picture right. But I see more of like just calmer babies and then moms that are more going through the postpartum period a little bit more in a more milder way than with the high ups and, and very low lows. Um, so it's more calmer and they can still continue to use the different breathing techniques. Um, they are, you know, if you have the mom that's calm and the baby that's calm, well, of course, the partner, whoever is taking care of the mom and the baby can really benefit from that too. So it's easier to tra- transition into that parenthood and then we can ease into making mistakes um, or sleeping or resting or healing um, I, in my head if I think about it if you stay calm through the process regardless of what's happening perhaps later you don't need as much medica- follow-up medication to you know for blood pressure and for whatever you know right. um, mm-hmm. which is all like it's a domino effect right so so I think that postpartum period helps it helps with the, with the recovery much faster and just getting back on your feet. Um, and another thing is, I mean, these techniques that we go over in class, you, you can apply them later on down, down the road with your kiddos. You know, there is something called light touch massage, which is just a specific way you rub the baby's back. Or, you know, in our case, we start with the moms, pregnant women. 
um so that when you have a pregnant person, you, you do this particular light touch massage, then um, uh, you can do that with the kids later on. Like my son loved it. He would always say, well, tickle my back when he was younger. <laughs> or we would, we would learn like a basic yeah. progressive muscle relaxation and we would put our feet to sleep and legs to sleep and hands to sleep. So we would always say goodnight to, to everything. It's just a simple progressive muscle relaxation. And there are other ones too. I mean, you teach them later down the road to your babies and and kids, and it's pretty cool. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I always just envision hypnobirthing in that moment, like you know, transition. The baby comes out, you snap out of it. The end. But yeah. you, you're really painting the picture of how this can teach you to just maybe enjoy pregnancy, birth, and postpartum a little more. Because you know, when that baby's screaming. Oh, it gosh. is impossible to like, yeah. you just panic. Yeah. I do anyway. I did panic. I don't think I panicked when that was happening to me, but I remember it being very, very unpleasant. It can be very <laughs> unpleasant. Like, I just needed yeah. a safe space to go to. Yeah. <laughs> I did not have. Well, so, so for example, you mentioned, um, at some point, look, I don't know why this thought came to me. Um, when you have follow-up kids in the first few experience, I think you mentioned that uh, when you have first few experiences that you were kind of like, Oh my God, this is what happened. I don't want that to happen again. And now you have this negative anticipation right. uh, for the subsequent pregnancies. And just recently I had a mom, this was her third birth and she was in labor and she, she stopped to get breakfast with her husband. They were on the way to a hospital. And then they went to the hospital. Um, she was very nervous, by the way, before she, she took this class because she didn't want to repeat the first two labors and births, the birth experiences. Um, and then on the way to the hospital, they stopped to get this breakfast, went to the uh, triage, and the nurse is like, yeah, you're, you look too good. I mean, you're not in labor. And then the doctor came, and she was already eight centimeters dilated. So she is our, like, two-hour before birth, mom sitting, having breakfast. The baby That's came right amazing. after that. And she said, like, you know, th- this is where I got really excited. Like, I-, I can do this again. I was looking forward to giving birth yes. this time around, you know, which is cool to me go ahead i just had a flashback that i wanted to share but so we and i still see her on facebook i will never forget her birth but her plan was to come this is when i was in florida as a student was to come into the center and she i think she was using hypnobirthing i i I, that's my memory but they were going to set up a meal and so she comes in and her and her husband they set up this table and they're having this beautiful meal and it's not labor right it's Mm -hmm. just it's just not and then she was eight. She was. She was eight centimeters. Yes. She still did the meal. Yes. <laughs> was totally calm. And I think while she was while she was pushing, or she had right before she started pushing, she had a moment of panic. Yeah. Like a yeah. moment. Mm-hmm. And we were like, absolutely not. Like you are amazing. And then she proceeded. This is the woman that pushed her baby out in the call that I, I tell you about, where the it all came out in the water. And it looked like a crystal ball. And we were all so mesmerized. It's like we were all pulled into her like complete state of calm. No one even reached in to take the baby out of the water. Because we were so like, this is amazing. (laughs) But yeah, it's totally possible. I think this is really helpful for for me when talking to clients. Because I feel like... What some people say to me is that they feel like the visualizations 
that I like they, the mainstream visualizations is you're like, oh, your vagina is opening like a flower or, you know, like people just feel like those are really unrelatable. Yeah. But I feel like in prenatals when I'm talking to clients about going primal and like wanting to get into that headspace, they're super open to that. So I feel like you've given me the tools to be able to explain to them like this isn't about you don't have to stick to a visualization. You don't have to like it doesn't have to be a specific thing. It's really just like your path to becoming primal and practicing in that. And so, yeah. And, and you brought up a good point, too, because not everybody likes to visualize and not everybody wants to go into those creative spaces. And to some people, that's everything like going very, very creative and abstract. That's cool and more power to them. Right. But some people and I was one of those people where I needed just tell me what to do. Like, don't give me the facts. I need to I operate with facts and within the within like, OK, this works now. This is why I need to breathe. This is how this muscle these muscles work together. I needed that information. I feel like that's where hypnobirthing helped me and i knew the inside enough that would stick with me in labor i didn't need information in terms of why well, i didn't know what hormone needs to kick in now and if i'm doing this right. and that you know you don't think about that but give me something still factual still operational that i can just put together as i'm in labor and so hypnobirthing can be mm-hmm. applied very differently to different people. Totally. It's just a tool. To yeah. Bring. Okay. So we, for example, like the, they, all the clients get like the hypnobirthing book and they get the spiral book as well, like a workbook. And that has scripts. And um, some of those scripts are more, think of a frolicking in a field, you know, and, and to a lot of parents, they need to hear that because that's what's relaxing to them. But some of them are very much like, think of a relaxation, take a deep breath in, double that relaxation, think of this word, and then we create, they connect that state with the word or uh, relax this part of the body and that part of the body and this part more of the body. More straightforward. So more yeah. straightforward, yeah. So so it's sometimes parents go through, through hypnobirthing um, experience and they don't read any of the scripts none they're all quiet a lot of my doula yeah. clients that were like that i've had that did hypnobirthing didn't go all in like right. with the scripts and all of that it was more just like some music and relaxation yeah but i i will say i once attended a hypnobirthing class with a client of mine because her partner couldn't go and I thought I was one of those people that like couldn't be hypnotized. I never liked guided meditations and she did a fear release with us. And I was like full out hypnotized. Yeah. Like I remember what I was thinking about, which I learned a lot about myself through it. And then I just remember being like, when I count to three, you're going to wake up and like being like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, that just happened. <laughs> I always say if you can watch a movie and be taken away and those two hours three hours don't feel like two or three hours that's hypnosis right that, so your descriptions yeah. are like the driving like hypnot- that is helping me put my brain around because hypnotherapy i always in my mind i was like that's only going to work for people who can do guided meditation no. and i that's what i've said right but this is really helpful to, for me to get a full grasp of what it can do yeah, and it doesn't have to be this long process where you're like, okay, we're going to go in and you're going to go, you know, now 20 minutes. When we're in labor, we don't have 20 minutes for somebody no, to no, put no. us into hypnosis. No, no, right. no, no. Yeah. We need something. Give me now. I need to react right now. I need to know what's going on. Um, and ultimately, 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 if you want to participate, you will put yourself into hypnosis. I'm not doing anything to anyone. I'm just giving words and suggestions. If you want to play along, we're going to get somewhere and you're going to feel relaxed. If not, 
we're not going anywhere. Right. And that's totally cool. Everybody's Which is the different. same for everything, right? Yeah. Like yeah. you can't, you, you can lead someone and give them tools, but you can't force anything. I, you were, I really thought you were going to say you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Nope. <laughs> it was in my brain, but. I can lead you to the bar, but I can't make you drink the but beer. You can't make me drink the beer. <laughs> I have one thing I really wanted to share before that episode. Okay, sorry. So I was trying to like research before this episode uh-huh. and just like randomly I was like looking at infographs about hypnobirthing and one was like potential drawbacks of hypnobirthing. I was like, oh, that's interesting. I've literally, who, what are the drawbacks of hypnobirthing? I didn't even know there would be any. Um, and some of them are like, maybe more vile than others but mm-hmm. my favorite one is um healthcare professionals may be unable to accurately determine the labor progression due to the mother's relaxed state as a potential drawback of I don't know that that's a drawback right <laughs> <laughs> if you're having a meal if you're having a meal at eight centimeters you're stopping your provider yes. from being able to do their job <laughs> can you imagine if we were like um so you're too relaxed right now so can you like be a little bit more clear about how far along you are so we can do our job they can't you know that's not mother centric at all no. it's like yeah we're gonna need you to be in pain so that we know what we're doing mm-hmm. especially especially when you have first time moms and they are relaxed or they're not as what's typically what you know nurses professionals see and you have somebody who's a little bit more in control or even fully relaxed well i can see how that can be a potential drawback for for medical professionals because they're not then more hands-on right yeah and i i personally love to work with people and prepare people who are going to give birth in a hospital because i would like to create that like a bridge between no oh, hospitals and home births you know can we have something both I will help and, you build that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm working so hard. Yeah. If we I build it, to, maybe yeah. they will come. Yes. And you know, I've heard I've heard from so many parents that yes, it can be done. And it's very peaceful and it's very calm and it's very nurturing and can be a very loving environment in a hospital setting. I just want to bring that more and more and more into yes. the yeah. And it is with the right tools and the right people. Yes. Your hospital birth can be beautiful. Oh, absolutely. I know plenty of people that had an amazing doula and yes. they chose their doctor and they had a great nurse and it's amazing. Um, before we go though, is there, is there anything else that you specifically want to say about either hypnobirthing or your own practice or any of those things? You, you don't have to, but no pressure. Can we have two hours? Yeah, I know <laughs> we have 15 <laughs> hours. <laughs> Um, I think this stuff is not new at all. It's very, very old, and I'm thinking it's millennia old. So this is not a new knowledge one bit. Um, women have given birth, supported by other women, and they will go into these different states. And anybody who has ever supported a woman in labor will know that we automatically we already go there. So might as well give them something concrete and what to do so- in a solid way um so if we empower more women to just here comes that word empower right right but you're just (laughs) if we can allow them you're allowing them exactly if we just tell them yes yes it's in within it's in within you you, yeah yeah. it's inside you it's already given to you by god nature whatever you believe in um it is already there for you just connect with it i i think we will see a lot more Yeah, yeah because i mean and we've talked about this before that like you said, this information's not new. Yes. But in times past when women were supporting other women, daughters watched their moms give yes. birth, watched their aunts give birth, watched people in their village give birth. And so they just 
knew it instinctually and we don't we we go into our first birth ever usually is our own and so we don't know what's going to happen that's because or even if we can trust those feelings that could feel out of control if you aren't expecting it yeah yeah we've lost birth to the establishment that's why we yelled down with the patriarchy it took away that ability and I would say it would also, if we allow moms to openly speak about their beautiful experiences, because nobody yes. talks about their beautiful experiences. Correct. And it's kind of like under the blanket, like, oh, yeah, I actually didn't experience any birth. And I didn't do hypnobirthing. Like, I just had a really beautiful they birth. They feel guilty right? because yeah. they hear so many horrible stories. Right. They don't want to feel bad. So I think we need to talk more about, like, what's beautiful. And beautiful can be anything. Not just natural, no medication birth. It can be anything. You know, it can be very medicalized, you know, with the C-section and everything. But welcomed in with the mom that the, and parents that can do um they're very empowered i think it all comes down to and it's we say it all the time and it ultimately wraps it all up is that it's like there's not any one right or wrong place to give birth and so it's like we always say pick the place that feels safest to you in your body and no one can tell you where that is because if you feel safe inside your body you're you're going to be able to get into those states that help your birth go easier in an easier way if you are feeling unsafe in your body then it's going to be much more difficult to have that easy birth or to feel calm yeah yeah i like that (laughs) one i would add one more thing because you asked me about my practice um i i really 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 do spend a lot of time just recognizing the babies as they are in utero and we don't call them ever fetuses uh they're little human beings so we recognize them who they are and we always acknowledge them as part of the you know, group as participants as well. We do say fetus sometimes. I hope you forgive us. But usually as a joke. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, you guys are doing your thing because you're more in, in the actual hands-on. Like I am I am more in a, in a coming from different perspective, right? So we, we do recognize them as little human beings who are actively participating, actively interacting. And I do, uh, for my private, outside of the hospital, I do um, all my classes are virtual. And sometimes I see these screens when parents don't turn on the cameras and I see the screens that I'm just talking at the blank screen, black screen, blank screen. I'm thinking, I wonder if this is how the baby feels like the baby's sending oh, this. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the baby's constantly sending like, but look at me. I have information. I want to let you know. I want to, I want to tell you how much I care. Do you, how does it go? You know? And they're just looking and at some weird, dark. And, and then you're just, they just kick the shit out of us to let us know how they're feeling. <laughs> That's so, such a good vision. I, yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. So I always, I always kind of like, I, I, I don't make it mandatory because you can't make people do anything, and you shouldn't. But um, I always think about like I, I tell my parents just please turn your cameras yeah. on because I need to see you. I need that two way interaction. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I need to know what what I'm doing here that I'm not just not monologuing at the empty space. You know. So right. it's a lot of interaction, hands on. Um, we do something class five. We just put it all together and we do guided experience with a bunch of physiological, like actual, we, we do something with ice and we cold water and, and, uh, we learn, put it all together in a sense, mm-hmm. in a make that in a way that would make sense to them. And then we always involve babies and moms recognize it. Oh, my baby didn't like that. And, you know, oh. after a while, you know, that's a pretty cool thing. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Because every time you release a hormone, baby gets a little dose of that yes. too. Yes. Yep. Yes, for sure. It's like those theta waves. They put me to sleep. Yeah. 
Yeah. Birds. Go theta on me. It's so, well, ama- so amazing. When we're going to hypnosis, we play with the alpha and theta waves. Yeah. yeah. Yep. You would. You would play with those. Yes. <laughs> Definitely play with those. So it's time for us to close up this episode. If there's nothing else for anybody to say, uh, I don't know if you want to play with our theta waves when we turn off the <laughs> microphones. <laughs> you, at, you can't ask people to play with your theta waves. That's Sounds like, like someone walking up like and it. going, I see that you're having a beer and enjoying yourself, but can I spit my entire birth story at you and you can tell me how you feel about it? That happens to me all the time. I know. <laughs> feels gross. <laughs> Some people like it. Okay. So I don't know. But I really appreciate, we all appreciate you coming onto the podcast and sharing so much about your experiences with... Um, hypnobirthing and I hope that people have learned something from it. I did. That I helped. did. It, I think in my, in my style of thinking, your description helped me see how it can work for literally everybody. Yeah. So yeah. that was really yeah. helpful. That, yeah. um, I'm so glad that you guys invited me and that I can chill with you and meet the little and people the in the background. Loud, <laughs> the very loud children in the background. No, it was really, really my pleasure. See into the dark, dark depths of our personal lives. No, it's, it's fun. It's, this is fun for me. I, she couldn't see into the dark depth of my personal life because I was just reflecting all over everybody. <laughs> Which we're going to talk about in another episode. Yes, we will. Um, but yes, time to close out this episode. For, for all you moms out there who are pregnant or giving birth or already have given birth, uh, the only thing we have to say to you is cheers. Cheers. You need to say cheers too. Cheers. <laughs> Empty mug. <laughs>